when I was 15, I tried to commit suicide. It was um, obviously hard. Uh, and it was, it was a weird kind of, I, I feel like it's given me a unique perspective on being able to talk to people, yeah. um, you know, that I meet who struggle with depression or anything like that, because I think a lot of times people don't necessarily want to get out of it. Hello, and welcome to Before the Lights podcast, stories behind high performers. I'm your host, Brittany Wilson. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Cody Anderson, a three-time CrossFit Games competitor. Today, Cody is digging deep into his story, including his battles and overcoming a suicide attempt. He shares how he got through that time in his life and how it made him a stronger person. Cody has a lot of advice on how to overcome obstacles and become a stronger competitor. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Again, if you do, please subscribe, screenshot this, share it on your Instagram stories, any of your social media outlets. We'd love to get the story out there. Thanks so much. Let's get to it. Hi, Cody. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So just tell us where you're joining us from today. Uh, so I'm from Redmond, Oregon. Um, it's like if you know where Portland is, it's like maybe two and a half, three hours away from there. So Awesome. So you just got done with your third CrossFit Games, correct? Mm-hmm. How do you think that went this year, and, and what are your thoughts coming off um, of your third year? Uh, it was good. This year um, This year is different because, well, for a lot of reasons, but kind of um, first year I went into the competition with like a, a particular expectation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, right? I, I guess I was holding myself to a higher standard just because it was coming off of a year already competing at the game, so... Um, the first year I went was 2014 and then I missed it for a few years and maybe back in 2017. So both of those were kind of just like, get your feet in the water and see what you're capable of. Um, and then after that, uh, I started working with a coach for the first time. So that had a lot of impact, but the goal was top 12 and finished 10th. So, um, was pretty stoked about that and we're kind of just easing, easing the way back into training now about a month later, but yeah. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun, though. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think changed in your mentality, maybe approaching this year versus 2014 and 2017? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Like I said, I think just like holding myself to a standard this time, like uh, kind of knowing about what I was capable of based off my placements before. um, You kind of obviously want to do a little bit better every year. So uh, finished 15th in 2017 so the goal is to do a little bit better uh this year mm-hmm. um and then like i said just like working with a coach you know you start like getting held more accountable for things like goal setting and um you know she's been really good about uh you know making sure i have vision for for what we're doing and you know knowing um mm-hmm. knowing that i'm capable of you know more than I probably give myself credit for. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like a lot of my stories, people believing in me more than I believe in myself. Um, so yeah, uh, goal setting and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Awesome, good. awesome. So obviously CrossFit is 
basically an individual sport, but you're next to people competing the whole times during the games. But during the year, it's so individual. So how Mm -hmm. does that change how you look at the sport in training versus competing? And how do you kind of hold yourself accountable in the games, but also not focus too much on other people? Yeah. Um, For me, competitions you know, not not necessarily super hard. Like obviously you're, you're pushing yourself and, and working out hard and you're competing for, you know, against everybody else. But um, I don't know, for me, when I'm out on the floor, it's kind of just me and the workout once it starts. Um, there's a lot of anticipation and nerves like leading up to it. But, um, you know, once the call for standby and three, two, one go goes, it's kind of just like, you're going to do what you're capable of doing. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, like training throughout the year, uh, to me that I think that's the hardest part is like, that's the part that nobody sees. And it's the part where you don't have people cheering you on. And, uh, you know, you really have like a small group of people. Like I, for most of the year, I just worked out alone in the garage. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I don't know. So that's kind of like competition's fun. That's like when you get to see the fruit of your labors and test yourself against people and yeah. there's nerves about it. But, uh, I think for a lot of people, like once it gets going, you kind of just zone everything else out and focus on the task at hand. Yeah, that makes sense. So going back, um, what kind of got you started in CrossFit or even before then, what kind of an athlete were you and and what got you so connected with this sport? Mm -hmm. Um, I was a gymnast originally uh, and I did that until, I can't remember the year, maybe 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, it's from eight to 12 years old. So it wasn't for a long period of time. Uh, I was okay at it. Um, and then after that, I was honestly kind of just lazy, (laughs) um, all throughout high school, I played a lot of video games and ate donuts and, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't, I didn't do any other sports. And it wasn't until after high school that I started doing CrossFit. Um, I wanted to join the military, uh, and there's, there just so happened my mom's a massage therapist and there happened to be a CrossFit gym next to her office. So, um, she signed me up for that as a way of kind of thinking it'd help get me in shape for what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest was kind of history. I fell in love with the the sport. It just made sense to my body having a background in gymnastics because everything is, you know, kind of centered around efficient movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of months later, I got my certification, started coaching and competing. And um, that was in 2010 is when I would have started. So gotcha. kind of just went from there and got a little bit better each year. Yeah. Dang, and it's really taken you so far now. Um, but I mean, we've talked a little bit about um, growing up and stuff. And, and you said throughout your teenage years, maybe you're a little lazy, but what was that experience like for you? And what do you think shifted in you throughout your life? Um, some major obstacles or changes that you've had to face? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so when I'm sharing my story, it's kind of split up into two parts. And um, so it wasn't like I, I didn't have like a desire to, to train or work out or anything really until I started CrossFit. Um, so I'm trying to think of how to how to start the story, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mentioned like teenage years were hard. Uh, when I was 15, I tried to commit suicide. Um, so there was a whole without getting into like the details of it. It was just stuff revolving around like 
a relationship and being a stupid teenager and easily manipulated. But uh, it was um, obviously hard. Uh, and it was it was a weird kind of I, I feel like it's given me a unique perspective on being able to talk to people yeah. um, you know, that I meet who struggle with depression or anything like that, because I think a lot of times people don't necessarily want to get out of it. Because mm-hmm. um, I very much just like wanted to wallow in like self-pity and like, you know, I had a lot of issues with my parents back then. I blamed them for everything when <clears throat> they weren't responsible really for anything I was going through. I have awesome parents. Um, yeah, so things just kind of got got weirder and weirder and um, ended up trying to commit suicide when I was 15. Um, and things didn't get immediately better. Uh, I, I was sent to a hospital in Portland for um, just kind of trying to get like mental help, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed there for two weeks um, and not much of an impact was made. And it was kind of just uh, like when I'm sharing my story, I kind of attribute it to the power of prayer. Um, I don't, I don't probably everybody listening doesn't have the same beliefs as I do, but honestly don't have an explanation for why I got better other than I have a mom that prays for me a lot. And, uh, and so she just stuck it out and loved me as best she could. And, um, eventually things just kind of got better. I don't have an explanation for it. Um, so I was like kind of 15, 16, I got into some trouble with like, you know, partying drugs at, uh, later on. And then towards the end of high school is when I started really cleaning myself up again, kind of for no specific reason, <laughs> other than I think my mom was praying for me a lot. So I found myself, you know, wanting to go to church. And like I said, wanting to join the military and starting CrossFit. And I think that, um, you know, kind of gave me an outlet, you know, to kind of have something to do instead of getting into trouble. But, um, I don't know, those kind of the formative years I don't know if that yeah answers the question or yeah no definitely so what do you think I mean you you mentioned a few things that possibly led up to the depression and then ultimate your ultimate like attempt at suicide but um obviously that was really hard but what do you think are the main things that led up to it and then you also mentioned your faith so how did that look leading up to the depression throughout it and then how did you grow from all of that mm-hmm. um i would say the growth didn't happen for a couple years afterwards because i wasn't really um like i said i wasn't trying to get better i uh i don't know i guess i didn't have a lot of like value for myself at the time um and i think it was just kind of a matter of like not knowing who i was um Whereas now, you know, I feel like God gives me kind of purpose for my life. And I know that I've been given a platform and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And back then I was kind of just, you know, you're wandering through life and you're just, as a teenager, you're just trying to figure out who you are. Um, so I'd say it probably took a couple of years, but yeah, stuff that led up to it. Um, I was a pretty happy kid, to be honest, up until um, I met a, a girl that I dated for a while. Um, and she, you know, I don't, I don't blame her for anything. It was just kind of the catalyst that started all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but I got into a, a relationship as a sophomore um, with a girl that just, she, she'd had a hard life. So she, I think her dad was in prison and her mom was addicted to meth. Um, and so she was living with her grandparents. So she just had a really broken family. Um, 
brother that was in big brother that was in and out of jail and so you know as a younger sibling you're looking up to your older sibling and um he had gotten her you know doing drugs at an early age and stuff like that so she was just a troubled person um and you know as somebody with kind of a compassionate heart i wanted to help her uh and i just kind of i didn't know how to set boundaries back then um we shouldn't have been dating um yeah so like her issues kind of rubbed off on me and so she really struggled with depression and so i started feeling um depressed myself Mm -hmm. um and like it's when they kind of started to like blame the parents for stuff and um just really kind of like become a victim in my own mind i guess um so i guess that was kind of the catalyst and then um the relationship obviously broke down it wasn't a healthy relationship so I think it was about the time that we broke up and things started getting worse um, to where, you know, eventually I tried to, you know, take a bottle of pills and thank God it didn't work out. But uh, yeah, so the relationship was over after that. I think that was a big help. Um, And then uh, one story I always like to share, um, this was after getting out of the hospital for a while and it was actually on my birthday. Uh, and I was still not like a happy person. This was maybe a month later after the suicide attempt. And uh, I didn't want to have a birthday party. I was turning 16. And so I was just sitting in my living room and my mom tells me this story because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just said, I said something along the lines of mom, I'm not going to let this person XYZ insert her name there. Uh, I'm not going to let her control my life anymore. Um, and my mom says that was the turning point she said there was actually like, it almost looked like my eyes like changed color and my whole like countenance kind of like changed um, to kind of become, I guess, this more free person. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of the beginning. And like I said, I, I didn't, um, I guess I didn't learn like a bunch of lessons back then. It was kind of just like, I'm done with this relationship. But looking back, I got to learn you know, some things about myself and, um, you know, just learn things like boundaries and how to deal with people that are depressed. And so I'm actually, you know, was, I feel like it was a lot less difficult for me than it was for my family because they had to watch me going through all this stuff. And it was, I mean, I tell the story in about five minutes, but it was, you know, over the course of probably a year. Yeah. Um, so it's hard when you're watching somebody go through that and they don't necessarily want to get better. Uh, and you just kind of like, can't do anything you just have to watch them spiral downward um so yeah totally I totally understand what you're saying too I mean um just in a different way dealing with um like a parent who is an alcoholic it's almost the same thing where it's like you can't really do much you have to almost support them but leave it up to them to make those changes and 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 it's funny how you you say like all of a sudden one day it just happened because it somewhat feels like that and I don't know what to attribute that to but I was going to ask you that same question is like what do you think that change like how do you think that change happened in you all of a sudden Yeah um I mean again it's like I don't I don't know how many of your listeners like share the same beliefs as I do but I I mean I'm a Christian so I believe that God plays a big role in our lives. Um, and that if you draw near to him, um, you know, he'll draw near to you and prayer is a real thing and it works. Um, so that's, I mean, that's the explanation that I go to. You can attribute it to 
random chance or whatever yeah. too, I guess. But yeah. um, I mean, that's honestly the, o- the only thing I can point to is, is just the grace of God, like pulling me out of that. Because like I said, I had no desire to get better. Um, and the same thing, you know, about a year later when I was into like drugs and partying and alcohol and stuff, like I didn't have any intention of getting better. The just, it seemed like things were harder to get after a while. And then all of a sudden I find myself wanting to go back to church for some reason. Uh, so yeah, it was just an interesting thing. Um, I can't take credit for any of it. I feel like, um, and I feel like life since then has just kind of been like one step after another of like, you know, once I really started taking my faith seriously, kind of just trusting God to work things out the way he wants them to work out. And it seems like it's gone pretty well in that since then. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like I've said to you, I feel like you've been very bold with your faith in the CrossFit community. And I think it's impacted a lot of lives and people that can see that maybe who don't even have the same faith, but they can see kind of your joy and how you got through your struggles through that. So I think that's pretty special. So you said, mm-hmm. you said um, that your changes didn't really happen until a few years down the line. Mm-hmm. How do you think those happened? And, and what do you think um, kind of sparked that change in you? Yeah. Um, I, I think just growing up in general kind of had a lot to do with it. Uh and you know you get more mature and like i said like i uh, towards the end of my senior year like i had vision for my life right like i wanted to join the military i had like some kind of a plan for what i wanted to do mm-hmm. um and so i think like having a goal made a big difference i guess instead of just like i'm a teenager and i'm just gonna do whatever feels good yeah. um i think so that probably has something to do with it and then um i mean that's around the same time that i started going back to church and uh, you know, I really started because we, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't start taking anything really seriously or really start owning it until then, um, until I was about 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, that, that was the tipping point, you know, just think some things changed in my heart. Um, you know, it was a time of kind of like defining what my values were and figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I really, I, I didn't figure out exactly what I wanted to do for years after that, but I at least had some sort of thing to, to chase and move forward with, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. During, during that time, I know everybody's story and everybody's challenges are pretty different, but what do you think you would recommend to somebody going through that type of depression that you went through or the things that you went through to get through and, and find that passion and that purpose like you did? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess the first thing I would say is is be honest with yourself. Um, I, I found that that when I was going through that kind of stuff, I would I would lie to myself a lot um, about all kinds of stuff. But I, I mean, like I, I mentioned that I blamed my parents for everything, and so I tell myself that lie where it's like it's my mom's fault or it's my dad's fault that you know something is happening or that I'm unhappy if they just let me do something. You know, if they or less controlling, I'd be happier or something like that. When I think deep down, I knew like my parents loved me and were doing, or, you know, the best job that they could. Um, and that it wasn't really justified blaming them for stuff, but, uh, I wasn't willing to acknowledge that. Um, and so I think taking, you know, some time to like really boil down, 
you know, um, I don't want to say your beliefs because that's not exactly the right word, but um, just kind of like strip everything down to the, you know, the roots of who you are and, and just be honest with yourself about, you know, if you're actually trying to get better then you've already taken the first step. Like I said, I didn't want to get better for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the first step. You know, I think it's similar like addiction. People say, you know, like an addict, you can't really help them until they decide that they want to get better. Um, and so I think it's similar with depression. You need to want to get out of that. And then once you do, um, you know, find someone to talk to, like I said, be honest about stuff with yourself, um, and be willing to, um, acknowledge your own faults and, um, just confront those things. And yeah, I think, sorry, I'm thinking as I talk, but, uh, that's good. Having someone to process with, I think, is a big deal. And then I think uh, just personal honesty, I would boil it down to those two things. Yeah, definitely. Those make sense. And I feel like it's a hard change, like in the moment. Um, it's definitely easier looking back, but I think those are good things. And then to like to this day, do you still struggle in some ways with dealing with that daily choice of I'm going to get better today, either physically or mentally? Do you struggle... Um, with some of the same things you did or is it kind of a completely different outlook now? Um, I'd say I don't struggle with the same stuff, but uh, I mean, there's still like, you know, daily challenges of like, you know, some day, like one day you might wake up feeling bummed uh, and see, you have to make that choice to, yeah, like you said, like, I'm going to be a positive person and um, you know, I still need to show up at, you know, for me, still need to go to the gym and show up and put the time and work in for what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing right now. Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's anywhere near the level of when I was a teenager for, you know, a lot of reasons, your hormones are all like crazy, um, at the time. And, um, you don't know necessarily who you are and you're really trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say like there's still like periods of time, especially as a professional athlete. Like, I don't know if you can relate to this, but, um, you know, you go through like highs and lows in training and in, in CrossFit, especially like it's always kind of like in a cycle. So every like four to six weeks, you're beating your body down and then you take a week to kind of like recover and repair and you kind of like take it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and towards the end of that, I'm always feeling uh, you know, beat down physically, but also like mentally and emotionally. I, I notice like if I'm feeling like, I don't want to use the word depressed cause I don't think that's, uh, it's, it's not that strong of a feeling, but, um, I would just feel like generally bummed out or like not motivated or like, I don't want to like get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Um, I can, it, I can usually time that around like towards the end of a training cycle, if that makes sense. Yeah. How do you, I was actually going to ask this too, I feel like specifically CrossFit, I mean sports in general, um, I kind of know that feeling of like you're kind of in an up week or, or you've been training for a long time and you're just like starting to get exhausted to where like the same workout a few weeks ago you would have been super excited to do, but now like four weeks in or five weeks in you're kind of almost dreading it. How do you, how do you get through that? Especially with CrossFit because it's so 
physically demanding how do you continually be like okay this is what i'm gonna do today and like regardless of how i feel Mm -hmm. um a couple things uh you know crossfit's really big about the community around you um and so i you know right now i don't train in a gym we're opening a gym in a couple months here but uh so the last year has been training out of my coach's garage um but i still have like you know, I have my coach and then, you know, I, maybe three or four other people around usually um, to keep me accountable. So accountability is one really big thing. Like if you have somebody telling you that you need to do something, you don't want to let them down as much as if you're just only accountable to yourself. It's a lot easier to skip a day or take a day off. Um, and then uh you know, there's a lot of talk in the, there's a lot of talk, like maybe like last year, I feel like of knowing your why in the CrossFit community, um, where it's like essentially knowing the reason that you're doing what you're doing. Like, why do I compete? What's the deeper reason? Like, um, having a reason to fall back on when things get tough, like you were saying. Um, and for me, like I mentioned, like, I feel like God's put me in this position. Um, and so I need to, you know, I need to make the most of what I've been given. Um, and so I think it's kind of those two things, accountability and then having a greater reason instead of like, I just want to like look good yeah, or something. Yeah, definitely. How do you look out for your mental health as well um, through all the CrossFit training and everything um, that you're doing? How do you kind of keep up with that? Because obviously you have the physical, you know, you're training all the time, but how do you keep up with the mental health and staying happy and committed to the sport? Uh, yeah, I, I think having other outlets in your life is really important. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm involved in like a community at church and, uh, I'm a musician. I lead worship at church. Uh, so having other things to do besides just CrossFit to me is important because if it, well, for, for a couple of reasons, I, I think I'd get burnt out if that was the only thing I was doing, but also, um, if it becomes that important to you or it's like the only thing, it's almost like your identity hinges on whether or not you do well. Um, and so for me, like it's important to keep my heart in a place that like, if I show up at the games and I finish dead last, it's not going to be like the end of my life, devastating kind of thing. Like obviously you you go into it with goals and you know, you might be disappointed, but at the end of the day, you need to know that you're bigger than the sport that you do. Um, and doesn't define you as a person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of having having that to fall back on and uh, having other outlets to do other hobbies and just things that you can do that don't necessarily involve thinking about your sport, whether it's CrossFit or like with you, soccer, I'm sure you have other things you like to do besides just play soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the last thing I would say is uh, I, do, I do like, a, I do a little bit of journaling. I'm, I'm not super disciplined about it but uh it was probably almost two years ago now maybe like a year and a half ago my coach got me a a book called five minute journal Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like a a really quick you're supposed to be able to do it in five minutes or less you this first thing you do in the morning and you just like list three things you're grateful for um i think three things that you'd like they phrase it a different way but three things you'd like to see happen that day like what would make today great list three things and then um, some like statements of affirmation, like I am a capable person or something along those lines. Um, 
And I think the, the, the process of doing that over and over and over, you start to believe um, the affirmations and then it kind of trains your brain to look for the positive instead of the negative. Cause you're constantly like thinking about things to be grateful for, if that makes sense. Yeah. Especially starting your day that way too, like focusing the first thing in the morning on that. Cause it's probably so easy to just wake up and be on Check social Instagram media. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and I've definitely yeah. found myself doing that. And I think I, I like to journal as well. And I found myself so much happier when I decide to do that. But it's yeah. almost harder to do, even though I know the res- like end result is going to be better. I think it's like everything else. Like if I do the hard thing, I'm going to be happier in the end. But it's so much harder to do, even a simple thing like that. Um, totally. But I totally agree that it, journaling, just getting your thoughts out, getting that down can definitely help. Yeah, too. you'd think you'd think like you'd learn after a while. It's like, <laughs> oh, I don't need to look at Instagram because this like if I just take this, these couple minutes, it'll make me happier. But for some reason, the temptation's always there every morning to, you know, choose other stuff. Totally. I don't, I don't know what it is about social media. I definitely think it is an an addiction though. And it's hard because you, you, you go on there and I always tell people, I'm like, I go on there and I don't remember what I looked at for 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah. But I did all that time go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I just try to keep myself accountable with that, like, if you go onto your phone in the battery settings, you can see how many hours you've been on, like, certain apps. Yeah. I try to keep yeah. myself accountable on that. It's a little harder on during season soccer trips, though. You've got nothing else to do, but... If you're just I, on a bus or something. Yes. Yeah. Definitely yeah. should pick up a book or, or journal, like you said, but yeah. Yeah, it's definitely easier said than done, but... You, you mentioned identity as well, um, in that to stay kind of healthy, you don't identify yourself solely in CrossFit. How would you mm-hmm. say that you identify yourself in this world and some of the main traits that you kind of want to like let out to everybody? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess, it, I mean, there, I mean, there's so many pieces like, you know, nobody's like just a single, um, has like a single role. And, uh, I remember talking to somebody recently about, um, and kind of like, as you get older and as you progress through life, your identity kind of changes. So it's like in the beginning, I might just be like a son when I'm six years old. And then, you know, as I get older, maybe I'm a, I become a student and, uh, you know, a little bit later, I become an athlete and a student, and then I'm, you know, a husband or a father. You know, you kind of keep adding uh, titles to yourself mm-hmm. or roles. Yeah. Um, and so I think like the, those big things, like being a father, being a son, uh, you know, if it if it consumes a lot of your life, being an athlete, like those are kind of big parts of your identity. Um, for for me, I try to you know. I try to keep, you know, first thing first of, you know, first destroying my identity from Jesus and um, knowing that, you know, he's kind of the one who thought of me and my life was his idea. So knowing that like his, his desire and the way he's created me gives me definition the most. Um, but then other like really practical things, like, like I said, being a son, like, you know, trying to be the best son that I can to my parents. Um, I have two younger brothers, so trying to be, you know, a good example for them. Um, 
I don't coach right now, but I did for six years. So back then, you know, that was part of, you know, a big part of who I was and, you know, getting to invest in other people's lives and see them succeed um, is a really rewarding experience. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, it, it, I, I think any any kind of like large portion of your life or anything that's important defines your identity. So, um, yeah, if you're finding yourself too obsessed with one thing, kind of try to look into other places and growing in those areas. Yeah, yeah. Going forward too, do you think you're still going to obviously continue CrossFit, but are you still in love with it? And, and what are your main goals going forward now? Mm-hmm. Um, we're still kind of very much evaluating that. Uh, I, I went through, um, if I'm just being like totally honest, I went through like a pretty like gnarly season of just feeling like burnt out, mm-hmm. um, right around the time that the competitive season started. So that was like perfect timing. Um, but, uh, I, I think that's just what happens when you, um, for me, I'm, I'm not like ADD, but I need like variety in my life. Like I can't just do the same thing for a super long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of millennials probably are like that mm-hmm. um, more than previous generation. But um, so a lot, a lot of things are changing uh, in my life coming these next couple of months. So I'm, I'm moving in actually less than a week um, just to another part of the town I already live in. But um, that'll be kind of a change of environment. And then, like I mentioned before, we're opening a gym. And so getting out of the garage and into a gym where there's a lot more people around, yeah, I think will make a big difference. Um, and so kind of just like waiting to see like how that feels. Um, and then also we, um, you know, for the people that keep up on like CrossFit news, they probably know yeah. like a big bombers drop uh in terms of a lot of changes to the competitive season so we don't really know what it's going to look like um i guess i guess for where i'm at right now we're evaluating whether or not i want to compete this year um and kind of seeing what crossfit like how much crossfit changes this year um and then kind of going from there i still want to i still want to compete i'm still going to train but it just might look different moving forward we'll see yeah and and I was actually going to ask you about that as well I know I feel like no one knows exactly what's going to happen but (laughs) what are your thoughts on the proposed changes and what do you think that's gonna entail for CrossFit and I mean I mean I know you don't know completely um what the plan is but from what you've heard yeah like it's it's hard to it's, it's hard to like form an opinion until you know like all the information, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, from from what it sounds like, is they're going to take a person from every country that has at least one CrossFit affiliate. So I think they said that number is like 162 or something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's a lot of countries compared to like just 40 men, women, and teams yeah. uh, going to the games in previous years. Um, and then we'll have 16 different like sanctioned events throughout the year that if you win, you can also qualify for the game. So oh, wow. it essentially makes it a lot easier to get to the games if you live in a smaller country or you know somewhere in like the Middle East or Asia where CrossFit hasn't necessarily grown as big. Yeah. Uh, and then for people in the US, 
becomes a lot harder, you know, yeah. being a country with, I think there's like 6,000 CrossFit affiliates or something. Yeah. Um, and you have all those people competing for one spot. Uh, so from the way it sounds, I'm, if I'm just being honest, I'm not super excited about it. Um, but I also know there's probably more to the story that we're not seeing. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like I said, I'm just kind of like waiting until they come out with all the information. Um, it doesn't change any of what we're doing now. Like still need to be training as hard as I can and becoming the best athlete I can be, um, you know, so that when the time comes and we do all have all the information, I'm set up for success. So that's kind of yeah. the spot we're in, just kind of waiting for more info, I guess. It's kind of hard. It's probably unexpected as well. I mean, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Nobody expected. Yeah, definitely. Those so, big changes. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. But like you said, all you can do is just be ready for mm-hmm. when it does. So, well, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that you did. And, um, I always ask two questions at the end. Uh, the first one is, if you could go back before you started CrossFit, maybe even before you started gymnastics, um, what are two, maybe three things that you'd tell yourself with everything you know now about being a competitor and and just everything you've learned throughout your life? Mm, that's good stuff. Uh, I don't know if I could tell myself stuff before gymnastics because I would have been too young to really <laughs> comprehend anything. Yeah. Um, but definitely before CrossFit, like, I think I would, I would tell myself, um, you know, only let yourself be concerned about what you can control. Um, and, you know, just, just focus on, uh, I don't want to say necessarily focus on yourself, but um, focus on stuff that you can control and don't get worked up about, you know, what the people are doing around you. Yeah. Um, I think that was kind of a rookie mistake that I kind of had to learn from over the first couple of years of really competing at a higher level. Yeah. Um, Cause like everybody's nervous and everybody's watching each other, but the more you can just like focus in on like what you're doing, mm-hmm. I think the better it's going to be for you. Um, and then also just like with the whole CrossFit journey, I just tell myself to trust God to work things out. Um, Cause he has like, I feel like, you know, I can't really take credit for most of the good stuff in my life. I just feel like it was, you know, a door that was open for me and like, just like a blessing that was dropped in my lap. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like, I guess I'll do this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess those would be the two big things that come to mind first. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. And those are a lot, definitely impactful moments. And it's so crazy that you talk about just how it just all of a sudden just kind of gets plopped in your lap like you said Mm -hmm. it always feels that way and it feels like you're struggling and struggling and then all of a sudden you look back at everything um that you've gone through and where you are and you're like wow okay that's awesome like yeah works out so last question i have is just even though crossfit has definitely become a big part of your life and we talked about this a little bit with um the identity topic but Without CrossFit, without any sport in your life, um, if you wanted to leave a legacy, what legacy would you want to leave and and kind of how would you want to be remembered besides Mm. CrossFit? 
These are good thought-provoking questions for me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I know they're kind of hard on the spot though. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good though. It's good stuff to think about. What kind of legacy would I want to leave? Um, I guess I've always like, uh, you know, it's cool having like a big platform and like, yeah. you know, being able to like, you know, for example, make a post on Instagram that like encourages somebody for the day or something like that. But I think the real potential for like, making an impact is in like investing one-on-one in people yeah. um so i guess i just want to be known as like somebody who you know was willing to stop for you know the one like the one person that needs it uh and not getting caught up in the crowd um you know i kind of like the people use the analogy of like i'd rather go like a mile deep and you know maybe like an inch wide versus like a mile wide and an inch deep if that makes sense yeah um so yeah somebody who's willing to invest in people want to be you know remembered as somebody who's like compassionate and you know willing to stick with somebody even when they mess up and yeah yeah that's really that's really good because i think it's easy with the platform to just want to impact like numbers over the depth like you said and that's that's definitely a really really important part so mm-hmm. awesome well thank sure. you so much again for sharing your story um the little that you did and i know there's so much more to you but it's really impactful that you can share what you've been through and and how you got through it and i wish you the best of luck with everything moving forward awesome thank you very much thanks for having me Thank you so much again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's story. Again, if you did, please help us share this on any of your social media outlets. I hope today's story inspired you to go out, live your story, and don't be afraid to share it.